Hello everyone, I'm Chelsea, and this is You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, I am flying solo again. Hope y'all don't mind. Katie is still just getting home from traveling and is very jet lagged and I don't blame her. So, <laughs> uh, and I was going to take a break this week, but you know what? There's just been so much that has come out. Um, literally just like at least two comebacks a day. Uh, it's been very overwhelming. <laughs> um, very good. Like I've literally had nonstop content all week, but I'm not going to lie. I hit a breaking point yesterday where I, I just kept adding things to my like save to watch later and it felt like it was never ending. Like I would sit there and watch stuff for hours and it would be like 30 more videos and you're saved to watch later. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> there's just a lot. There's a lot of promotions, a lot of new songs. And I'll be honest, I've mostly just been keeping up with uh, the girl groups and that alone has been insanely overwhelming. There has been a lot of comebacks uh, from guys as well. And that there's that's not to say that I haven't been watching those either. Just that with all the side promotions, like the variety shows and the vlogs and the relays and the um, stages and such, most of that I've been keeping up with, like the girl groups and stuff, just because those are the groups that I really like and I get excited for. Um, obviously I'm watching like reactions and stuff as well, but yeah, man, I hit a breaking point yesterday. <laughs> I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> I've just watched so much K-pop. Took a little bit of break. I'm back here today. It's Tuesday, October 18th, and I wanted to quickly record this and hopefully get it out to you tomorrow morning. I put up a little suggestion poll on our Instagram asking you guys what you wanted me to cover this week since there has been so much coming out and we had a response asking for Le Seraphim's Anti-Fragile and uh, Lee Chan's Hush Rush. So today that is what we are going to cover. I'm going to do a little album review of both of those in a similar fashion to how I did last week with Mamamoo and Dreamcatcher. So in terms of like like, I mean, you kind of already know what I've been up to this week in terms of K-pop. I've just been watching stuff nonstop. A uh, lot of variety shows, a lot of fun vlogs. Like, let me quickly check my list. I wrote a couple down that were some fun stuff. Okay, it's at the very bottom of my list. Okay, so first I watched um, take one, which was a Netflix show where they asked different artists to basically like, if you were to perform one song and have like, uh, do any type of big performance for what would it be? And you have to do it in one take. So the reason why I watched this is because Mama Moo was doing an episode for it. But I also really like Akmu, who also had an episode. And I have to say the Akmu one blew me away. Like that was the most creative shit I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and nearly impossible. Like they like literally started off with someone skydiving. It it's insane. But um that was a lot of fun. And then I've been keeping up with 
every possible thing. So like one thing to highlight is Mamamoo's Idol Human Theater. Basically, it was like 30 minutes of Moonbeal, Wien, and Hwasa just teasing the crap out of Solar and poor Solar just having to like take it. And they were like trying to do the whole like, okay, let's do a rehearsal of our song. And the other three were just like, they were just teasing the crap out of her. It was hilarious. One of the best Idol Human Theater episodes I've ever seen, to be honest. Um, I also wanted to highlight Lee Chan, who we're talking about today. She's doing a lot of these promotions by herself for the first time, right? But it's not like she hasn't necessarily debuted before. So one thing that was really funny is she went on It's Live where I don't think It's Live was really a thing when Eyes One was promoting, but uh, when she went on, she went on and introduced herself as coming back. She was like, and I'm back here today. And then she was like, wait, no, I'm debuting. And then she runs off stage <laughs> and then re-enters and does it all over again. Is like, hi, I'm debuting for the first time today. <laughs> it was adorable. And totally made me like I was like you know what that's her charm she's very cute like she's very very cute uh and her performance was great so that was a lot of fun to watch and then we had Brave Girls performing at KCON Japan which y'all know I'm the massive fan of Brave Girls and they had a great performance where they brought on fans to perform it was like the dream stage thing um Luna did a similar one at KCON LA and they had all the fans join them up on stage for Roll-In and it was so cool to see. For one, it's not very often Brave Girls gets to perform in a like huge stadium setting. So it was just cool to one, hear them in a stadium and hear their voices just like carry through a stadium and to see the fans up on stage and Japan Fearless are very um, passionate and they're, they're a great fan base. So they were all about it, making a great, you know, deal for the brave girls. And they had a great time. I could definitely tell. They also did an it's live stage where they sang their, their song from their high heels album, whatever, which was honestly my favorite song that they performed on the U S tour. So that was kind of fun to see that. Other than that, I think I might hold off on chatting about a few things um, until I talk with Katie, Uh, but let's jump into our main topic for now. Obviously, in terms of news, I'm going to like, again, wait until I'm talking to Katie because y'all know there's some big news that has dropped within the last couple of days, Um, but I know for sure that I will be talking about it with Katie, so I'm going to carry that over. Um, All right. So first, I'm going to talk about Cheon's debut album, Hush Rush. And again, I will leave timestamps in the show notes in case you only want to hear one of these reviews. Um, so look in the description uh, of the episode and you'll find timestamps in order to skip around if you need to. Okay, so Lee Cheon is debuting with her EP hush rush. The very cool thing is I didn't, I didn't necessarily like stan eyes one when they were promoting, not because I didn't like them, but because I think I just, I wasn't 
as into girl groups when Produce 48 was going on and when they became a group and I wasn't like listening heavily to girl groups the way that I am now. I think if Eyes One were promoting with, like this year or last year, I would have 100%, you know, been all over that. That's not to say that I didn't listen to Eyes One. I actually listened to every Eyes One title track when it came out. Uh, I would just stumble across them basically. And I really, really liked the sound of their title tracks, especially Secret Story of the Swan. Um, My coworker uh, a year or so ago and I, we would always play that song and do the like little swan choreo. And it just like, we lived for that. We, (laughs) we lived for that song. But in terms of like knowing the members of Eyes One, I would say the only person that I actually knew the name of was Cheyun. Obviously, because she's the sister of Cheyung from Itzy. And I knew that and I knew that she was like an incredible dancer. And I would always see her in like the dance breaks of Eyes One whenever I did watch the music video. Um, But like none of the other members at the time... I would have never been able to point anyone out and been like, oh yeah, I know who that is. She was the only one. And I was really, really hoping for her to debut either in a group or on her own. Um, We've obviously seen a lot of Eyes One members debut over the last year or two. We've had Ive, we've had the Seraphim who we're talking about today. Um, We've had Yena. uh, I'm, oh my God, I'm blanking. Yuri, Joryuri. Unbi, uh, if I'm missing if I'm missing anyone else, I do apologize. But I have been following all of those girls in their debuts and getting to know them kind of one by one as they're debuting. But I was really excited for Cheon to debut, just because I know how long she's been um, training. I know how long she's been waiting for this moment, and I knew it was such a big deal. And I don't know. I, I had no expectations in terms of the sound, though. I will say that. I just knew that I knew her dancing was going to slay, but like I had no real clear like image in my head of like what she would do or the sound that she would have. Um, so I think I, I think it benefited me by going into this album with kind of minimal expectations. Um, I think some people were kind of mixed on her debut, but Spoiler alert, I love this EP. (laughs) So let's get into the details of it. Hush Rush. I truly, truly love Hush Rush. And I feel like this is the song, obviously, because it's the title track that people were very mixed on because they felt that it was a little empty or like too low key for her or like maybe didn't have enough dance or it wasn't going to go as hard as they thought it was. But like, to be honest... I think that's actually why I like it because I had no idea really what her voice sounded like because I never, again, paid much attention to the who was singing in Eyes One. So I had no idea what her voice sounded like. I'd seen dance covers that she'd done and stuff like that. So I knew how well she danced, but I didn't know how well she sang and she sings so well. This song really highlights her voice in a very cool way. She's perfect for like that subtle low key 
but like kind of fun vibey like that to me is like the tone of this album and I'm here for it so very much like the song I like how it's chill I like how it's vibey but still fun and playful at the same time so in terms of like the concept and the music video and all the concept is very clearly like that she's a vampire but they don't go too scary into it it's kind of like if vampires were real in the modern world kind of a deal like like i'm not talking twilight per se but kinda in that she just feels like a regular girl who happens to be a vampire and who like can't go into the sunlight cuz she'll burn um but throughout the video she like obviously wants to fall in love and she's watching movies where people fall in love and she's like i want that so i'm going to train myself to be able to go out into the world and fall in love and so she like tries to make these like garlic smoothies in order to (laughs) get used to garlic and she tries to like casually go out into the sun until she's comfortable in the sun which i thought was a cute concept to take something like being a vampire and using it as kind of a metaphor for figuring out how to fall in love or figuring out how to bring bring yourself out of your shell in a way. And I think it was it must have been filmed somewhere in Europe. I don't know where. But the setting was gorgeous. She had a lot of fun. I really like the styling of her outfits, especially the Iron Maiden. I think it was Iron Maiden shirt that was like cut up and then tied in the back. That looks so cute. And like the little like ribbons tied in her hair and the big, you know, fluffy hat at one point. I don't know. She just looks super cute. She looked great. And I like that they didn't make it too scary. Even though it is October, it still feels in theme without being too obvious. Because like, sometimes you, you know, like say five years from now and someone's deep diving on her career for the first time and like her debut, if her debut is like heavily, heavily Halloween theme, you're kind of like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I'm not gonna lie. I love Like Ua by Twice, but the Halloween theme sometimes like takes you out of it for a second. You're like, wait, what? Why why are there zombies? I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, it still works, obviously, but I don't know. I just think that it'll be something that will be fun year round and I don't know, just be something that could be uh, long lasting in a way. So yeah, I really like Hush Rush. I honestly like it more and more um, the more I listen to it. And it's probably the most listened to thing that I've, or sorry, the most played song that I have on my playlist at the minute. Like I keep, I keep clicking on it and gravitating towards it. <laughs> that's not to say that it's necessarily been my, my like all time favorite song that's come out this month, but it's just the one I want to keep listening to. So I really, I really like it. Next we have, uh, Danny and Danny. I am absolutely in love with this song. Some people again, weren't super vibing with it and I get it, I guess. But to me, this is like a hundred percent my type of song. I love it. It's so cute. It's sweet. Um, it's fun without being overly intense. Like, to me, I don't know. It's 
it's hard, right? Cheon again is known for being a strong dancer and that's fine, but I think with her solo debut, she really has to show more sides to herself in order to be established as a soloist. So I think it was important to them to, while still obviously show her dancing, you know, well, like we see a bit more of the dancing, I feel like with Danny, there's, there's like a bit more to it, I would say, but like the vocals are so good and it sounds so catchy and her voice really can stand on its own. Like it doesn't feel like she needs to add anyone to her, if that makes sense. Like some people are great vocalists, but like they would be better in a group, if you know what I mean. But she sounds really, really good on her own. And Danny again is another song that I just keep playing. It's very catchy. I love the little choreo where they're holding their hands over their ears as if they're like headphones and she's dancing it with a male partner. And I don't know, it's just super, super cute and sweet. And I feel like I would hear it playing in a movie, you know, and I don't know. I like those kind of songs very, very much. So I wanted to highlight some lyrics. So we have some lyrics like, Hey, Danny, it's a bright dancing star, a brightly dancing star telling my story. Danny, it's a dream in no rush. You give me a feeling. Fallen leaves by the roadside. It's if it spreads all over the world, Danny, it's a spring that endlessly that's endlessly exciting. You shine more than anyone else. So I don't know. It's just a really like sweet way of like basically saying like in any season you shine bright and like I hope I don't know like I want you to hear I don't know I don't I don't quite know what this song is about in a way I feel like the other songs I have more of a grasp on like what the actual message is um I'm not sure if she's like Danny I want you to hear my story everywhere always or like if she wants him to I don't know Either way, it feels like very much like a love song. Maybe it's more of something like missing him and like can't always be with him. So hearing her on the radio singing like he could always hear her regardless of where they are. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But it's very cute. And I just like those lyrics um, talking about the different seasons and everything. Okay, moving on to Aquam aquamarine which was another chill vibey song that is light and fun um and again her vocals are very very pretty in this to me um the best thing about aquamarine it doesn't necessarily stand out the way that the first two do but it's still very cool to listen to like i found myself listening to this a lot while cooking or you know, doing projects around the house, like things like that. I was, I would be listening to it kind of passively and it was very enjoyable that way. So I think for the lyrics of this song, it's very just much a, a bright feeling of feeling in love, right? So for, if we're kind of taking the story of Hush Rush, Hush Rush is about wanting to kind of wanting to experience that rush, whether it be love, whether it be passion for the stage. To me, the lyrics are talking more about performance. Like maybe, you know, 
uh, Cheon like having that rush to be back on stage again. But the video was kind of in the theme of wanting to fall in love, right? So if we're kind of going off that theme, Danny is finding that person uh, that you do love and feeling all those feelings. And, you know, no matter no matter where you're together or apart, you you want them to feel your love for them. And then Aquamarine is just feeling in that very bright, pretty, everything is beautiful kind of a love feeling. And then we move on to our last song on the album, which is Same But Different. I also really like Same But Different. Again, a very chill song. I think overall the tone of this album is just like chill vibe. Like it's still bright and fun, but it's a chill bright and fun. (laughs) Uh, So I, I think this song has a super, super catchy chorus, especially the like part where it just goes same, 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 same. It kind of goes down. Um, it sounds uh, original that way. Uh, but for this, the lyrics are tell like a more clear story, right? So if at the beginning we want to fall in love, the middle we are in love, this song kind of talks about more like her being in love, but maybe the spark has run out for him because, okay, right? So at the beginning of the song, we have lyrics that say, let's go to that faraway place when day and night are dimly mixed together. Between the slightly chilly winds, you and I fit together like a collar. 24 hours, I want to take over you. This place is like private heaven where everything is unfamiliar. No one can interfere you and me. Will you throw away the ringing phone? So I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> everything at the beginning is like, oh my gosh, everything is perfect. We fit together so well. You know, this is like my own private heaven. And then the line, will you throw away the ringing phone? I was like, what does that mean? But it makes more sense as we go along. My heart beats like it's the first kiss. It seems like something has changed. In your sparkling eyes, there aren't enough stars in them. So she's explaining throughout the song that like, it everything still feels like the first time for me. But when I look at you, I realize things are starting to fade for you. And it's obviously like, that's not a good feeling. <laughs> so now... You are the same, 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 but different. So it's like they're still doing maybe the same things. They're still in the same relationship, but like something's different. Something's just a little bit off. Rewind my memory and play it. The moment we fell in love with each other. That summer was exceptionally hot that year. I was immature and blind. You just have to look at me and stay there. Focus. It's only you and me here. So... To me, that verse is kind of like a plea of like, just look at me. Just remember that memory of us falling in love. Like, like almost just like a desperate plea of like, no, please, 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 please go back to that feeling where we were falling in love and we were like at the height of our love. But the chorus is obviously is like same, 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 but different. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that the album tells that little bit of a story with only four songs. So overall, again, very much enjoyed this EP. I really, really did not expect to enjoy it nearly as much as I did. 
I even threw out like a little tweet on my Twitter and was like, yo, I did not expect to like this as much as I did. Um, but I'm in love with this EP and so many people were like, yes, (laughs) I don't know. I, I just, I kept seeing all these mixed opinions on Twitter and I was kind of nervous to check it out. And then I checked it out and I was like, wait, this is really good. (laughs) I really, really like this. It really took me by surprise. So I look forward to continue to listen to this a lot. It honestly may go on some of my top lists at the end of the year. We'll see. Okay, let's move on to La Seraphime. So this is La Seraphim's second EP. And the theme of the, or the name of the album is Anti-Fragile, which we saw the little like question for at the very end of Fearless. So in terms of my feelings on Fearless, the debut and all, the first time I listened to Fearless, I was kind of like, huh, okay, that wasn't really what I was expecting. But then I like, it really grew on me. How could it not? It's very, very catchy. Very, very catchy. And I got to know, you know, who Sakura was and Chewan, and I know that they're from Eyes One, but again, I didn't really know them when Eyes One was promoting. Um, but I knew who they were roughly and I kind of followed their debut in terms of like when they were making announcements of who was in the group. Um and then like obviously they debuted and I was like, yeah, okay, they're really good. Like they're good. And I even watched their documentary where it showed them preparing for their debut and I was like, okay, like I'm really sold on wanting to follow this group. Like, I feel like I connected with the members quite quickly in terms of like getting to know who they are. Sometimes it feels like you have to like drill, like when you're trying to get to know groups, sometimes you have to like drill the names into your head and try to keep things straight. But I feel like with La Seraphim, I connected very quickly. Like I just kind of knew who everyone was very, very quickly. And like the type of people that they were and like their strong suits and stuff. So it was fun to watch the documentary just to get to know like everything that they went through in order to debut, how hard they worked. Um, And so now we are here at their second EP and their first comeback, right? With Anti-Fragile. Again, a debut doesn't like their, their debut song doesn't necessarily solidify like what sound they're gonna have especially at the beginning I feel like sometimes groups like to kind of experiment and see what works and what doesn't you know so with fearless it was very not empty but like a lot of people were describing it as empty it was very minimalistic um which to me is kind of the concept that they're going for the group overall anyway Everything with La Seraphim typically is very like black and white, very chic, very timeless and very simple, but elegant. And I think that their song, Fearless, also can be described that way. It's not overly noisy. It's not something that I feel like you can get super sick of right away or like feels too experimental. Um, I think it was... It was nice that they kind of debuted with that type of song. 
But I think with the comeback, right, that's when they can kind of go, okay, now we're going to try something different and see if you like that. So with Anti-Fragile, girl, it was different, (laughs) but it was good. Like, okay, when it first started, I'll, I'll admit, like, I was kind of thrown and like, whoa, what is the sound? The beat was super catchy, but like the entity TT part at first was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Sometimes when things are a little like sharp and repetitive, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Like, I don't want to use examples. (laughs) I don't want to offend anyone, (laughs) but sometimes it can put me off. Right. But like, as the song went on, honestly, I was, I was hooked. I was hooked very, very, very quickly. Um, the beat really is what sold it for me. It was just very, very catchy. Um, so the reason why I kind of skipped the intro, the intro is the Hydra, but it really is mainly like an intro, but they just say a lot of phrases It's not really like a song. Does anyone else feel that way? So we're kind of skipping that. So deep diving into Anti-Fragile, I want to talk about some of the lyrics that I thought were important. So writing over the trail of thorns, you made me boost up. AKA, like, even through thick and thin, like, it's just going to raise me up. It's just going (laughs) to, like, dang, even if I go through hard times, it's going to be, I'm still fine anyway. A party packed with lies, they don't even burn. So much talk behind my back, rivals I never knew I had. They all pray for the day I'm falling onto their hands. I'm going to jump in. I mean, this is the thing, right? With Seraphim, I think with any new group that debuts under a bigger label, especially Hybe, they have a huge advantage, one, because they're a big company, but they also, people are very quick to hate, right? So I think the theme of this song, even though this was probably written before their debut, I think they knew, like, these girls are probably going to get some hate regardless. <laughs> um, But even just being an idol, even if they're being an idol in a smaller company, you know, uh, people are quick to just hate things to hate things or like they want to hate them because they're not their favorite group. So I think that message was kind of bold, but like really fits them. Uh, another thing that they did with the song that I thought was really cool is all the different members kind of got these lines that really specifically meant something to them. Um, Someone on... Oh God, I think it was Twitter. I think it was Twitter. Did this really cool video of putting it all together like in a nice video. I unfortunately did not save the video so I can't credit the person that did this. But they pointed out that each member kind of had a line that referred specifically to them in their journey. So for example, Kazua, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, (laughs) Kazua. Uh, don't forget my point shoes I left behind, which is obviously in reference to the fact that she literally left being a professional ballerina to do this job. But it's something that she doesn't want to forget because it's a huge part of her. 
Sakura has the line, don't underestimate the path I've walked. I go to ride till I die. This could kind of be in a reference to the fact that Sakura had this like, she had this like whole career in Japan and even with Eyes 1 before coming up to this. So she's like, don't underestimate the path I've walked. Like I will keep going. Like I will keep, I will ride till I die basically been like yeah like just because you saw what I did before does not mean it's over and I'm still going I'm like yeah you are girl yeah you are Taewon also has the line I'll climb higher top of the world I itched for which can kind of also again I think that was the line they pointed out I'm not sure but it can also kind of reference like okay yes I've already achieved you know, debuting in a group, but I'll climb even higher, you know, top of this world that I itch for. She obviously very much has wanted to debut in a permanent group or like be in the idol life. So just because she's, you know, debuted in eyes one doesn't mean that she has, she hasn't reached the top yet. Basically. Eugen has the line stringed puppets. No thanks with my song. I'll build my future. So Yujin is the member that is credited the most with writing, writing song lyrics, sorry. Um, so I think with that line, it can imply like with her writing song lyrics, it's not like she's a stringed pup. Not, I mean, she's not, she's not saying things that people are making her say. She's writing her own journey in her own future but also being a songwriter gives you like royalties aka money aka setting your future up for success (laughs) so to me that's how I interpreted that line the only line that I thought kind of made sense for Unche I think Unche doesn't really have as much of a distinct line but she says the line walk like a majestic lion eyes glinting with so much desire to me I think that can imply you know because she's so young she does that doesn't mean that she doesn't walk like a majestic lion and that she doesn't have that drive for success right like don't don't underestimate her because she's young she's still like she's still gunning for the top Like she still has the passion. She still has the drive, the hunger of being an idol. So again, love the song. I think, I think overall the opinions have been very positive for this comeback. Um, I think everyone is loving the like Latina vibe of the beat, um, and the styling, the styling's been pretty cool. And yeah, I haven't heard many negative things about it. So very excited about that. Impurities is the next track on the album. So Impurities is a very pretty song. It's definitely like a more low key song. Um, I think their vocals as a group suit a song like this very, very well. And they did a live performance. They had like a comeback stage on Mnet. So I actually got to watch, I watched all the performances for that. So we get to talk a little bit about like choreo and stuff. So I do like the choreo for this song. 
Um, in terms of it being a song that is performed on a stage, to me, it's a little, it's not my favorite out of all of them. Not that the song isn't good. The song is really pretty on its own and the choreo is good, but I kind of felt a tad bored watching the stage, if that makes sense. Not because they weren't killing it, just because it was a low key song. Right. And I don't know for me, like a low, I would rather have like a low key song, like be, I don't know, sung. I don't know. I, it just didn't hit for me as hard. I, I don't know how to explain it. I kept looking at the audience and even the audience kind of just seemed like they're waving their light stick kind of blindly, if that makes sense. Like it just, um, it didn't hit as hard as some of the other songs for me. In a performance aspect, the vocal aspect, stunning. The actual song itself, like listening to it, I loved it. I loved it. I just don't think I'd ever watch the stages for it again. It just kind of, it just wasn't as interesting. Um, but I do want to highlight some lyrics that I thought were really great. So, um, oh, also Eugen has songwriting credit on this song. Goodness or badness, this is magic or tragic. Even if it hurts again, try it. The color of my heart is like crimson, passion inside me that's burning. The evidence of adventure is like a necklace, makes me shine even more. So this song is really about, it, it talks a lot about them showing their impurity. So kind of like basically saying, I'm not perfect. And if anything, my imperfections make me better. Like they make me shine even more. So that's why that line, especially the evidence of adventure is like a necklace makes me shine even more. <sighs> Basically, they just shine regardless. And their flaws and imperfections just make them a more fleshed out human being with that shines. I don't know this whole album kind of has that theme. I feel like, or it kind of, it kind of runs in the theme of like, I'm not weak, but even if I had weaknesses, it would just make me even better. To me, that's kind of like the whole theme, right? We even see that with, um, the album packaging. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head and I should have written this down, but I didn't. Um, but the practice of when, oh God, I, I don't even know if, uh, what country does this. I want to say it's Japan, but I could probably be wrong and offensive. So I apologize. But like when their ceramics would break or their, um, their dishes would break or bowls would break instead of just throwing it away, they would seal it uh, or fix it with like gold to essentially make it even prettier. Like it would, instead of discarding it, they highlight the fracture with gold and it somehow, and it makes it like stand out even more. It makes it unique. It makes it something that like no one else has. Right. So they're taking essentially that theme and being like, even if I break, you know, I'll still be put back together with something that'll make me a better person down the line or like that flaw will make me a more unique person that will stand out even more. 
which is an incredible theme to have for an album, especially for a girl group. Just saying. Moving on to No Celestial. This song was a lot of fun. Like, a lot of fun. Probably my second favorite out of the album. I would say Antifragile is probably my first, like, my number one favorite. But No No Celestial was definitely, like, my second favorite. And to me, is the best song that they can perform on stage. Because they had so much fun performing this song. It's a very... I don't know. It's just a very high energy, fun song, but without being anything too intense. Like they were kind of, they did have choreo and they did have, you know, blocking on stage, but it looked like they were just having a blast, like just, you know, having fun on stage. And we, it just happened to be a performance, right? <laughs> um, I really, really like Cheon's voice when she says specifically, like, I'm not a freaking goddess. Oh my God. She just had this like grunge to it and her voice just stands out so well. I will say for the performance, um, they used way too much auto tune and I hated it. So like when I watched it the first time, I was like, this song is so good, but like their voices sound so weird. And then I listened to this song on Spotify and I was like, yo, this song is so good. Like they need to tone down that auto tune (laughs) cause it just sounded like like they were they cranked up the autotune to like help support them which i feel like is just overdone on certain songs um some songs it can really work especially if there's like a high intensity dance but i felt like for this song it kind of hurt it so i hope if they do future performances of this song that they they tone that down a bit because their voices are amazing in this song in terms of the recording um And I feel like that could very easily translate live, but maybe they just were concerned that if they were jumping around a lot, that it was gonna, I don't know, need a lot of support. But I think if anything, it just kind of made it sound funky. But going back to the actual song itself, um, it's really good. It's just a lot of fun. Um, Some Lyrics that I highlighted were just want to live a real life. Listen to my honest voice. Ain't no fear at this moment. I'm now falling down to earth, down to earth. I'm no freaking angel. I'm no freaking goddess. I'm just being me. Again, going along with the theme of I am not perfect. I'm just me. (laughs) So keeping in theme, keeping in theme there, but it was a cool way of putting it and Again, it was obviously like a a much more fun and upbeat song. So then last but not least, we have the song Good Parts, which for this, for their comeback stage, they did more of a filming rather than like an actual stage. But it was one of those ones where they were like in one room and they had kind of cameras around and like the members would kind of dance around in the room and like go up to the camera and like sing when it was their part. I really like those videos. They're a lot of fun. So this is definitely another feel good song. Um, very much like a mood booster. It's very fun and playful without being at, not nearly as high energy as No Celestial. Uh, but it still was just like a feel good song. So uh, the video again that they filmed for this was very, very cute. Um, I enjoyed it very much. 
And you could totally tell what the song was about without even having to look up the lyrics. But of course, I looked up the lyrics. Um, and then for this song, Sakura and Yujin had writing credits. Yujin had uh, writing credits on Celestri- No Celestial as well. But this one, Sakura uh, stepped in and did some as well. So I look forward to these girls participating in some of the writing and producing. I hope that they continue to do more of that in the future because I feel like girl groups don't get as nearly the, as much time and uh, participation as a lot of the boy groups do. Um, I feel like we can kind of name all of the people who do producing in terms of like the the female <laughs> groups like we know who the producers and songwriters are but for the boy groups it's kind of like a lot that you almost can't name them all (laughs) so I always applaud when the girls you know get a chance to write so lyrics I wanted to point out because I don't want to blame my weakness I love I'll love myself the way I am contrary to fancy expectations even if it doesn't look decent, find the good parts, the good parts. Um, and then another line that I really liked, uh, it was Eugene's line, I think. It said, everything is so blurry, but I hope it's Polaroid. Sometimes it's better than the 4K cam. It makes my blurry heart beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's so cute. It's like, it's funny, Um, you know, uh, older cameras are very trendy, right now but it's funny um my dad's a photographer right and he's been doing photography since he was like a kid and so he's watched the evolution of cameras and get getting better and better and better quality and um I did something where like it was like an app that made your pictures look like it came from one of those old disposable cameras, right? Like it was kind of fuzzy. It had lens flares and it had like the date written on. And I showed it to him. I was like, isn't this super cool? And he was like, we struggled so hard to get away from that look. And now that looks just like a trend. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. It's, It's retro. Like it's cool. Yeah, he didn't like that very much. But I mean, he he gets it. But it was just funny that he was like, we worked so hard to. <laughs> do you, he's like, do you know how hard I had to work to make sure my photos didn't have a lens flare in it? And now people are purposely wanting lens flares. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just thought that was funny. Um, But yeah, that's a cute line where it's like. You, you know, a, pic- a picture can almost look better, slightly fuzzy than in full 4K right um i don't know i just thought that was a very very cute line i'm sorry i'm so distracted by that uh but it fits again with the theme of you know we don't need to strive to be perfect we just need to be ourselves but i do want to propose a conversation right so again i watched the documentary for la seraphim and like any idol group of course is going to strive for perfection because that's the whole point. Like you, we don't watch K-pop idols to be messy on stage, right? Um, We admire the synchronization and we admire the, 
uh, ability to perform a song flawlessly practically the same every time. <laughs> uh, but it is funny because, like, again, this song and this album are very much promoting, like, just be you, accept the bad parts. But, like, what they went through to debut was basically them having all those imperfections beaten out of them. <laughs> Not not physically beaten out of them, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, like there was the whole comment of, uh, I forget who it was, but it was it was it was the company basically saying to them, "Hey, we're getting closer to your debut. Y'all need to be better about managing your bodies." As in, like they y'all need to lose weight <laughs> or like you guys need to be better about maintaining your figure. And then like Sakura was like broke down and basically was like, we're trying so hard. And you saying that just like makes it so much harder, <laughs> which I admire her for saying that. Cause that's not good. That's gotta be very difficult to say, especially when you're going to debut, you know, and you can kind of be cut at any time for things like that. But um, you know, it's hard. Like these girls strive for perfection, but they're pumping out, not them, the company, the company is pumping out the idea of like, you can, you can be, you know, you can have flaws. You can just, just be you when in reality, they're turning to these girls and being like, but, but not you, you can't, you can't be, <laughs> you can't have, uh, imperfections. I'm so sorry. Uh, you can tell them to not have imperfections, but you can't have imperfections. I don't know. Am I overthinking it? Probably. But it was just a thought I had when I was looking at the lyrics. I thought, oh, this is really nice. This is a nice message to send out to young girls or to anyone listening to this song. Like it's a nice message to put out. Right. But then I thought of that moment in the documentary where they said that to Sakura and I was just kind of like that's nice like I I I do hope that they work on loving themselves and work on taking their imperfections uh and you know being happy with them but it does seem a little hypocritical from the company and (laughs) being like let's make this whole theme about this but I don't know it overall it's still a great message to put out and it was a great album and I thoroughly enjoyed all the songs um it's definitely an album that I'm going to keep listening to and I'm definitely going to be looking out for their stages uh I'm curious I haven't looked uh today because again I had to kind of take a break from YouTube for a day um if they're like what second song they're performing or uh promoting with uh, but I hope, I low-key hope it's no celestial, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but what is your guys' favorite tracks and songs from these two albums? I hope you both, or I hope you enjoyed both, but if not, I hope you enjoyed one of these. Um, and feel free to send me your thoughts on these albums. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoy these album reviews. I enjoy doing them. And hopefully all going well next week, Katie and I were, we'll go back to our normal routine of doing episodes. We are covering, uh, we're covering one Oh, I believe 
again, all going well. Uh, what's great is he just had a comeback as well. So we'll be hopefully doing that. Uh, if you're a huge fan of the podcast, you know that one Oh is mentioned almost nearly every single episode of this podcast yet. We haven't done a deep dive on him. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then we'll be doing our favorite October comebacks at the end of the month. So that's going to be a long episode. I could tell you right now, (laughs) that's going to be a long one because it has been an insanely busy month for K-pop. So all things to look forward to. Thank you for listening again. And with that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. The show notes for this episode and every episode can be found on our website, anchor.fm slash lovingkpoppodcast. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at lovingkpoppod. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server that we share with our network. Invite links for those will be included in our show notes. You can also email us at lovingkpoppod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and basically every other podcast app. And be sure to stay be sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode for a promo from all the shows on the geek to geek media network. And don't forget to visit geek to geekmedia.com to find out more info on all of our networks, podcasts, streamers, and bloggers. And until next time, bye. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Beep, 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 beep. Comics! Beep. Movies! K-pop! Disney Plus! Keanu! Keanu Reeves! New! Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu.